So I think we all remember the experience of primary school when we had to learn our tables. Uh, you had to go home, you had to learn off your two times tables or your three times tables or whatever it was. And then you'd come into school the following day and either you'd have to recite the whole thing or the teacher would do a rapid fire. So he'd like, you know, he'd do um, five eighths. Exactly, and that's the reaction you sometimes get. You go, <laughs> <laughs> right, and then some, 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 reaction uh, when things get difficult or when things are kind of challenging that we want to go home that we want to go to where it's familiar or where it's safe even if even if home isn't perfect so even if home isn't like ideal um, when we find ourselves in, in a challenging situation there can be just this this innate this this natural desire I just want to go home I just want to go home at least you know there's my my bed and my my duvet my pillow and whatever else you use I don't know face masks and you know my PlayStation or whatever it is like that. Normally, hopefully, family figures there somewhere. Uh, but I just want to go back to. I just want to go back home. And all happens in, in my own community, <clears throat> my religious community. Um, us as uh, priests and brothers, we do our formation in Rome, and the sisters do, do their formation in Slovakia. And so it can happen in the first one, two, or maybe even three years that people suffer from from homesickness, and it's, it can be really bad. It can be. It's called homesickness for a reason. Sometimes you're just, you're just kind of really almost lethargic. It's like something or someone has died. You know, you just, you just really miss home. Again, it's not, not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing. I think it corresponds to a deeper desire in each one of us for a home that, that doesn't pass. A home where we can stay forever. Isn't it interesting that if you look at Aborigines, or Native Africans, or Native Americans, or Europeans, Greeks, and Romans, without any contact with each other, all of them believed in some sort of an afterlife. That when, 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 our <clears throat> when this existence here ends, you go somewhere. Now, the, the understanding of that afterlife might have been quite different. You know, for maybe Aborigines, it was hunting all year round, or, you know, for <clears throat> or Native Americans... Uh, I don't know, uh, whatever it is, whatever it is. There was some sort of an understanding of an afterlife. And, but it, basically, it's better than here. A life after this, that, that's better. There's, there's a constant supply of food, constant supply of warmth. Uh, everything you need, you have. Because if, if the afterlife is just like this, then who wants more of this? I mean, who wants this to last forever? Whereas, so normally, it isn't, but it, it isn't interesting that without contacting each other, there's this like, innate, this understanding in our own hearts that there's something after this, a place where we will be forever, like an eternal home. I think this is very deliberate on the part of God. God has placed this desire in our hearts, a desire for home, a desire for this, this place, this reality, where we will be in a family together forever. Okay, why is that? Why is that important? Well, we look at today's, read, today's gospel from, uh, from St. John. 
and he talks about the, the wedding feast at Cana. He, he describes the, the, the whole situation. So you, you know the story well. You've heard it a million times. So there's a, a wedding feast, and they run out of wine. Now, if this was French or Italian or Jewish, this is catastrophic, right? Uh, if we run out of wine in Ireland, we just drink something else. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, for these other cultures where wine is fairly important, this is, this is, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. So they run out of wine. Now, in all humility and simplicity, Our Lady comes to Jesus, doesn't tell him what to do, but simply states the reality and as such leaves it before the Lord. They have run out of wine. They've run out of wine. And again, what a, what a beautiful, subtle teaching that is to us. We don't need to go to the Lord <clears throat> with our issues and problems. Tell the Lord what the issue and the problem is, and also tell him the solution in case he didn't know. So, Lord, I mean, I have, I have, I have invested um, in stocks and shares there recently. I'm not sure if you know how that works, but basically what it means is it's kind of like betting. And um, basically my shares went down, so I need you to help me bring them back up. You know, so if that's okay, if you get that. Uh, you know, we don't need to suggest the solution to the Lord. He gets it. Really, he does. So we just laid out the problem before him. Lord, um, we're financially a wee bit tight at the moment and help us help us in your in your providence according to your will whatever we need please provide you don't need to give him the solution he'll he'll work it out so she brings this problem and just, just lays it before the lord they have no more wine now the lord knows that once he starts working miracles this journey towards calvary uh, takes a, takes on a, will take on a whole new chapter. A whole new chapter will begin. Once he starts working his first miracles, then people are going to start coming to him. They're going to hail him as the Messiah, and so on, and so on, which leads to the cross, passion, death, and resurrection. <clears throat> so, why do you come to me? My hour has not come yet. So there's a, on a human level, <clears throat> a kind of a, a hesitation here, because because he knows. I mean, he has a divine intellect as well, so he, he knows where this leads. It's going to lead to a, 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 a time of great success, a time of rejection, a time of apparent failure, a time of great pain. All of this is going to kick off as soon as the Lord works his first miracle. But our, at Our Lady's request, he does. And so this first miracle takes place. <clears throat> now, we have six stone jars, about 30 gallons, which is about 90 litres of water per stone jar. So six nines. <laughs> 54, 54, right? 540. 500, now, so this is, the, the wedding feast, it doesn't start now. Like, it has already taken place. Who knows, it could have been going on for days. Jewish weddings took quite some time. So, and so late in the day, we're now adding 640 <clears throat> 640 litres of wine. Sorry, 540 litres of wine, which is a lot. Okay? This isn't like the bare minimum just to survive. This is more than they need. So I, I love that, that idea as well. When the Lord provides, he doesn't provide, like, provide like, the bare minimum that they won't like, starve, the bare minimum that they won't die of dehydration, but he gives more than they even ask for. Right? 540 litres of this stuff. And they taste it, and it is magnifique, as the Italians would say. 
as your French would say. Uh, so it's you know amazing. It's the best wine ever. Best wine ever. Okay, so the law doesn't provide again a kind of a bare minimum bottom of the barrel Tesco uh, uh, wine, but provides really good Chateau Neuf stuff. Okay, just really really good wine. So again, he's not just like doing the bare minimum to get us by, but giving but giving the best. So again, apply all of this to, to your own prayer. We bring our prayer, like our lady did, in all simplicity before the Lord and lay it before him. We don't have to give him the solution. And we let the Lord work. Let him do his thing. Let him be God. Let him give you more than you even asked for. And let him give you something even better than you asked for. This, this is difficult for us because we like to control things. We like to have control of our lives. We like to have control of where things are going. But fundamentally then it comes back to that question of faith. Do I believe that the Lord will give me more and better than I ask for in his time, in his way? Because the ultimate goal of everything for him is what? It's, it's to bring us home. The ultimate goal of everything is, is that the Lord brings us home to our heavenly kingdom. And even in scripture, it's often referred to as a, as, as, as a feast. Right? In Revelation, heaven is, is described as a, the marriage feast, the wedding feast of the Lamb. So this idea of, of feasting, being together, celebrating, home. But God is our father, Mary is our mother, and the church it takes on a, a whole new life. It becomes just, it's, it's all of us united in God for all eternity. This this is where the Lord wants to bring us. He wants to bring us home to this eternal wedding feast where we lack nothing. And so things down here can be, can be messy and confusing and lonely and we experience failure and bereavement and all of these, these, these crosses that, that will come our way. But we know that this will pass and the glory of eternity will not. The glory of home, that peace of being at home, this home that we long for, this home that we miss, this won't pass, ever. The Lord provides for our every need. So today let us come to him in trust. Let us entrust to him our, our families, our finances, our futures, everything, everything. Let us give it all back to him. The ultimate end of, of this whole journey with him is, is heaven, our heavenly homeland. And so we ask for an increase in faith and especially an increase in patience. That when the Lord's ways are not our ways or the Lord's timing is not our timing, that we will still walk with faith with him. That we will remain patient until the Lord's day comes and we will be with him forever at home in heaven.